25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. The holiest name in the world On Yom Kippur The Kohen Gadol Would go into the Kodesh Kodashi And he'd say Shame Hashem, be me Do you know 
Shem Hashem. What was it like? People would fall on their faces. Thank you, Bona Shalem, such a moment. So in Lachlan, we don't have it yet right now. But I'm sure you all agree with me. I know from my own child. The closest we probably get to hearing what God's explicit name is when our children look into our eyes. And I'm sure, I don't know yet, but when a child says, Mommy, Ima, Abba, Tati, it's probably the closest we'll ever get. So we should just hold on to those moments stronger and stronger. But not for long. Because Gavad, we need to hear that name so badly. Ben of 
נכנס למקום שנכנס, ועמד במקום שעמד. לחץ ידיו רגליו, טבל עליו ונסתפק. בא ממקום שהוא בא, והלך למקום שהלך. פשט בגדי החול, לבש בגדי לבן. וכך היה אומר הנשם, כפר לחטאים, לעוונות ולפשעים. שחטאתי לפניך, אני וביתי. ואם אדם היה יכול לזכור את הפגמים, את החסרונות, את כל הפשעים, את כל העוונות, בטח ככה היה מונה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחת ושתיים, אחת ושלוש, אחת וארבע, אחת וחמש. ישר היה מתייאש, כי לא יכול היה לשאת את המרירות. את הבושה, את הפספוס, את ההפסד. בכהנים והעם העומדים באזהרה, כשהיו שומעים את שם השם, המפורש יוצא מפי, כהן גדול היו קוראים, משתחווים ונופלים על ברוך שם כבוד מלכותו לעולם ועד. פסע למקום שפסע, פניו לקודש אחוריו להיכל. שווים פיו ומעשיו. בא ממקום שהוא בא, והלך למקום שהלך. פשט בגדי לבן, לבש בגדי זהב. וכך היה אומר הנשם, כפר לחטאים, לעוונות ולפשעים. שחטאתי לפניך, אני וביתי. ואם אדם היה יכול לזכור את החסדים, את הטובות, את כל הרחמים, את כל הישועות, בטח ככה היה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחת ושתיים, אחת מאלף, אלפי אלפים, ורוב מבין רבבות, ניסים נפלאות שעשית עימנו. הכהנים והעם העומדים בזרם, כשהיו שומעים את שם השם, המפורש יוצא מפי, כהן גדול היו קוראים, משטח 
מקום שעמד. פשט בגדי זהב, לבש בגדי עצמו. וכל העם והכוהנים היו מלווים אותו לביתו. ויום טוב לאוהביו, כי נסלח לכל הדת ישראל. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning on this fourth day of the brand new year. I know I sound a little bit more chipper this time today than this time yesterday. <laughs> Coming off of the uh, amazing two-day untiv and then starting some Gedalia uh, yesterday. I hope your fast uh, day went well. Baruch Hashem, ours did. And uh, here we are on a Thursday of the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, the fourth day of the brand new year, raring to go with another amazing edition of JM and the AM. I thank you for tuning in. My name is Nahum Siegel. We're in New York City. Uh, you just heard the um, Alicia Friedman Hayom selection. Seder Avoda done by Yishai Rebo. Avremo with Mari Cohen. You heard Shlomo Katz, Barosha Shana, and Vahakoanim. Regesh, Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this October the 3rd, day 4 in the month of Tishrei. The year 5780, Tufshin Pei. We're still saying Slichus. I know there's some communities where Slichus ends at uh, Rosh Hashanah. We continue until Yom HaKippurim, until this coming Wednesday, when the ultimate Slichus is said on the day 
of Yom Kippur. 53 degrees outside with 100% humidity. Winds in northeast at 11 miles per hour. Light rain with a high of 58. Then tonight, rain and a low of 58. So, uh, sunshine for tomorrow, a high, a high Friday, 65 degrees. Erev Shabbos tomorrow will be 25 degrees cooler than it was yesterday here in New York. Yerushalayim is at 77. We're at 53 in New York. As we say good morning here at uh, JM in the AM, and I thank you all for tuning in. Lots going on today. First of all, <clears throat> we have the uh, privilege of welcoming into our studio Rabbi Moshe Dov Kestenbaum, who's author of the book Olam Hamidos. You talk about perfect timing when to discuss this topic. The Aseris Shuva is uh, is really amazing, an amazing time to discuss it, and we will discuss it. Uh, the brand new book again is Olam Hamidos, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum is expected in our studio here at JM and the AM uh, later this morning in the uh, latter part of the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Uh, Then at 8 o'clock, we'll check in with Jeffrey Mark, those of you who are traveling to Israel uh, after Yom Kippur or just before Yom Kippur and will be spending Sukkot in Israel. You're going to want to stop by his showroom uh, on King David Street in Jerusalem. It's an opportunity to really start exploring what you can do in terms of uh, buying and building an apartment for yourself in Israel. Uh, so Jeffrey will uh, check in with us. And uh, Alan Fagan of the OU is expected to join us as well with New Year's greetings and the uh, words about the, some of the OU activities, which are simply spectacular. So we'll do all that in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, it's a big day here. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Full schedule, of course, of some great shows. And we'll go through everything coming up. And at 11 a.m., you'll hear a, a Sarah Shumay Chuva live lunch. We'll be here in the studio in New York. Tomorrow, a regular Friday, quote-unquote, uh, Shabbos Shuva Friday. So not exactly regular, but you know what I mean. Uh, Shabbos Shuva Friday. And um, uh, Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update. We'll do that tomorrow at 7.40 Eastern Time. Um, Saturday night and Sunday are great weekend programming. Monday we are here. Tuesday's Erev Yom Kippur. Wednesday, obviously, we're off for the big holiday. And then we start getting ready for the amazing holiday of Sukkot. So this is the time to be together with your community around the world in one place, and that's the Nahum Siegel Network, I am proud to say. This is where everybody can get the feeling of this time of year and really appreciate uh, what it's like to be one big community uh, during the high holiday season. And I thank you for spreading the word and for encouraging people to tune in, uh, both to JM and the AM and to all of our regular programming. It is um, a really unique and wonderful opportunity to be together during this amazing time of year. I remind you that our fundraiser continues. Those of you who want to uh, join our campaign before Yom Kippur and keep us going with some uh, incredible programming all year round, we encourage you to um, to support us as best as you can. Go to the uh, fjbunity.org website. Again, that's fjbunity.org. And... Um, and become part, become part of this uh, amazing family uh, that uh, sticks together all year round and uh, guarantees phenomenal programming all the time, literally 24 hours a day, no matter where you are around the world. Go to fjbunity.org and be as generous as possible. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Brand new Mordechai Shapiro, you're listening to JM in the AM.
alive No one knows what's going on inside So much I cannot do Just want to be more like you Does it even pay to try? Mm. I know one billion stars come out at night Each one with their own purpose, their own light Those stars are just like me Each their own identity It's all in my state of mind
JM in the AM. Thursday morning on this fourth day of the brand new year of 5780, Tufshin Pei. from Shwebel Sharf and Levine. Words from the Rosh Hashanah service, of course. London School of Jewish Song with that classic, Chamol, from the High Holidays. Uh, the Rabbi's Sons with Hashem Malay Rachamim. You heard Mordechai Shapiro with One in a Million here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning, Slichos uh, going on, of course, until uh, Wednesday through Yom Kippur. Holiday of uh, Sukkot right around the corner. This is the best place to spend your Yom Noraim, your high, high holiday season, with us right here at JM in the AM. 53 degrees, 100% humidity, winds in northeast at 11 miles per hour. Light rain today with a high temperature of 58. Tonight, rain with a low of 58. And um, uh, tomorrow's sunshine and a high temperature, 65 degrees. That's Erev Shabbos, sunshine, and 65. Yushalayim right now at 77. We're at 53 in New York as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Full schedule today, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari comes up at 9. Spin class, it'll be Michael Fragan at uh, 9.30. Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. Miriam L. Wallach is coming up at 10.30 with That's Life, and the rumor is that she's dedicating her Aseri Shumei Tshuva show to a, 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 a favorite mix of High Holiday songs. Her favorite High Holiday songs starting at 10.30. We'll live lunch beginning at 11, throwback Thursday at 1, at 7 p.m., the Arab Shabbos show, brand new, hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. That's going to air at 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, 3 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. That is a very effective show. It airs three times and has a tremendous following. So that's the uh, Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web and AlchemSiegel.com on the AlchemSiegel Network and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. I'm hoping we have our news from Israel coming up. And it seems we actually, yeah, I think we do have the live feed. All right. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more, of course. Next week we are here Monday and then Tuesday, Erev Yom Kippur, off Wednesday for the holiday. Back Thursday and Friday as we get set to uh, get ready for the holiday of Sukkot. In terms of the following weeks, Monday and Tuesday, Sukkis, and Monday and Tuesday, Shemini Atzeres, Simchas Torah, we will be off the air. Um, but again, all the uh, all the days in between, as you would suspect, will be right here at JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Galitzal in the background, Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. צהל מירושלים השעה שתיים שלום רב כנהוד גרף עם מה שקורה עכשיו ראש הממשלה נתניהו הודיע כי הוא שוקל לקיים בחירות בזק לרשות המפלגה חבר הכנסת גדעון סער צייץ בטוויטר בתגובה אני מוכן כתבנו מיכאל האוזר טוב 
בהודעה מטעמו של ראש הממשלה נכתב, נתניהו שוקל אפשרות לקיים פריימריז בזק לראשות הליכוד. מטרת המהלך היא ניפוץ אשליית המרד בליכוד שלא מייחלות מפלגות אחרות, דבר שמעכב אותם מלהצטרף לממשלת אחדות, כך נתניהו. בתגובה צייץ לפני זמן קצר חבר הכנסת גדעון סער, אני מוכן. לעומתו השר ישראל כץ צייץ כי הוא תומך במעמדותו של נתניהו. יש לציין כי ראש הממשלה טרם קיבל החלטה סופית בעניין הפריימריז בליכוד. ויושב ראש כחול לבן בני גנץ הצהיר לפני שעה קלה, עדיין קיים סיכוי להגיע להבנות עם הליכוד על ממשלת אחדות. הימים הקרובים יגידו לנו אם כנסת 23 לפני ש-22 התחילה, זה מתחיל להיות מעניין, צריך לאבד תקווה וצריך להמשיך לעבוד, זה הכל. השר לביטחון הפנים גלעד ארדן קיים היום דיון חירום עם ממלא מקום המפכ"ל ניצב מוטי כהן ועם פיקוד המשטרה בעקבות העלייה באלימות ובמקרי הרצח ביישובים הערביים. בפתח הדיון אמר השר ארדן, המגזר הערבי במצב חירום. על המשטרה להפעיל את כל היכולות שלה ולהילחם באלימות במגזר הערבי בדיוק כפי שהיא נלחמת בטרור. זהו טרור פלילי שפוגע בציבור הרחב וצריך למגר אותו. מדבריו של ארדן הביאה כתבתנו הדס שטייף. השחקן והבימאי רמי דנון הלך הלילה לעולמו בגיל 76. מדווחת כתבתנו יעלי פוקס. דנון, שהיה ממקימי תיאטרון החאן ותיאטרון שדרות, השתתף בעשרות הצגות בתיאטרון באר שבע, הבימה והקאמרי. שם ביים עד מותו את ההצגה תיקון. בשנת 1984 שיחק בסרט מאחורי הסורגים, שאף הוא עומד בקטגוריית הסרט הזר הטוב ביותר בטקס פרסי האוסקר. ארונו יוצב מחר בשעה עשר וחצי באולם שלוש בתיאטרון הקאמרי. לוועתו תתקיים בשעה רבע לאחת בבית העלמין ירקון. רוכב אופניים חשמליים בשנות ה-60 לחייו נפצע קשה מפגיעת כלי רכב בקריית מוצקין. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שצוות מד"א פינה את הפצוע לבית החולים רמב"ם כשהוא סובל מחבלת ראש. המחאות בהונג קונג אינן לגיטימיות, כך מאשים שגריר סין בישראל בריאיון מיוחד לדניאל זילברשטיין בגלי צה"ל. מה שמתרחש בהונג קונג הוא אי שקט והתפרעויות. אין לזה קשר לזכויות אדם או לדמוקרטיה. כך ז'אן יונג שין, שגריר ישראל בסין. הריאיון מיד ביומן החוץ בגלי צה"ל. מזג האוויר נאה, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
How amazing, huh? How amazing is that song? Just incredible. Yehuda Green here with Shema Koleinu, words we say, of course, in Slichos and all through the Aserashimei uh, Tshuva uh, and all year round. Journeys with No Place Like Home, good song for this time of year. Diaspora with Uvaoha Ovdin, a posuk that we quote during the uh, high holiday service. Thursday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, the fourth day of the brand new year of 5780, Tough Shin Pei. As um, we wish everybody a happy, healthy, sweet new year. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. It's a wonderful way to communicate with us. And um, participate with us on a regular basis. We are awaiting the arrival of um, Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum. The book is called Olam Hamidos, A Guide to Understanding Ourselves and Refining Our Character. He'll be here after 7.30 this morning here at JM and the AM. Go to artscroll.com for information about this and, of course, many, many amazing books. I do remind you that our friends at Artscroll have made available to the pub, have made available to the public Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Chumash Bracious. fifteen percent off and free shipping in the U.S. if you use the promo code Radio. Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Chumash Bracious. Simply go to artscroll.com again. That's artscroll.com, and to make sure to save and make sure to uh, take advantage of that amazing. Offer again artscroll.com and they use the promo code radio. Just looking at the, um, I'm looking at the entry on artscroll.com for Olam Hamidos, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. Our Moshe Don Kestenbaum is the author. Um, they have sample pages up there. They have plenty of details regarding the product. It came out just a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it came out about four or five weeks ago. And for those of you who are uh, taking your personal behavior seriously during these first 10 days of the year, I cannot recommend the book highly enough. It really is uh, an amazing exploration into so many different things that all of us have to work on. Uh, you'll read the book. I I said to my Kestenbaum on the phone, I said, boy, you expect a lot from human beings. <laughs> so he's very hopeful that all of us can make tremendous positive change and positive strides, and we'll speak to him about that coming up here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki's next at JM in the AM. Ya khun li sa de 
J.M. in the A.M. with Yassi Green and Company. Rabbi Goldwasser has the morning off. We're going to get our morning chizuk in just a couple of minutes from Rabbi Kestenbaum, who's on his way to the studio. But please, God, and we'll speak to him about the brand new book, Olam Hamidos, here at J.M. in the A.M., which is a perfect book to speak about during the Sereshime Tshuva. Meanwhile, we continue with plenty more coming up. It is a uh, a action-packed full um, a Thursday morning. Part of an action-packed full Thursday in general here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Live lunch coming up between 11 and 1. All of our usual Thursday programming is on. It might be the Thursday of the Aserasi Made Chuva, but we are here with all of our regular programming. Next Thursday, yes, the day after Yom Kippur, we are here. Regular day. The following Thursday, Cholamoid, make sure to tune in because we'll have all the music for you all day long. When you are traveling Cholamoid on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on Hoshana Rabba Sunday. You make sure to tune in to us to give you the appropriate uh, accompaniment for your Cholamoid and Hoshana Rabba. That's uh, one of the things we do, and we do well. Don't forget to support JM and the AM. Make sure if you have not yet contributed to our 2019 campaign, doing so before Yom Kippur is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, all you got to do is go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give as generously as possible. And of course, we thank you. Here's Aton Katz.
An amazing Negan from Eitan Cats. Jam in the AM Thursday morning. Day four of the brand new year. Tough Shin Pei. 5780. With us live via telephone is our Moshe Don Kestenbaum. The book is called Olam Hamidos. A big thank you to our friends at Art Scroll. By the way, a big thank you to Rabbi Kestenbaum because he made a tremendous effort. Not all authors do this. I'm, I'm sad to reveal. I'm happy to say he made a tremendous effort to travel two hours this morning in order to be in our studio and conduct this conversation uh, live in person in our studio, which, of course, uh, we always prefer. And in this case, I think would have been uh, well worth it. Uh, but you know how it is, folks. Not everybody controls conditions or traffic or situations. Only the one above does that, <laughs> um, to whatever extent we don't. And uh, therefore, um, I've asked Rabbi Kestenbaum to pull to the side of the road. We'll conduct this conversation by phone. He, of course, is invited back at his first opportunity when it is convenient for him to be in lower Manhattan and when he doesn't have to uh, Dafka travel a couple of hours to be with us on a uh, broadcast morning. Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum, welcome, to, a good yard to you, and welcome to JM in the AM. A good yard. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. A pleasure. You know, I said to you off the air, you expect a lot from human beings because in your book, Olam Hamidos, A Guide to Understanding Ourselves, and refining our character, you basically go through every possible human trait there is that needs work, that always can use improvement. And I would assume that when I asked the question of authors why you wrote the book, that that would be one of the reasons you wrote it. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying going through all the character traits because someone asked me, um, you know, when I'm going to write a book about other character traits, uh, part two, <laughs> and I was trying to think. I was trying to think to myself, you know, what things, you know, I didn't cover everything, but what did I miss exactly that you had in mind? But I appreciate you realize the comprehensiveness of the of the work, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot covered. All right, let, let me get started and dive right in because there's so many questions I want to ask. You have a section toward the beginning of the book, and I think this is so apropos for this time of year, as as really obviously most of the book is. We all try to perfect ourselves as much as possible uh, during these ten days. Um, it starts with the words free will means no excuses. And this is something, of course, that, you know, all human beings, but certainly those who believe, uh, always contend with, you know, the issue of free will. Do we really have the choice to do what we wish as opposed to something being predestined or God supervising us to the point where he would quote unquote control what we do. And you, and you make it very clear. Free will means no excuses. And this time of year, when we might be apt to blame others, including the one above, for our own behavior. I think it's an important message to keep in mind. That's definitely true. And I also think, you know, I hope the book is written in a positive, meant to be in a positive way, that the fact that we have free will and we don't have excuses really also testifies to our greatness of what we're able to accomplish when people feel that nothing is their fault and they're not capable they end up, you know, locking themselves in into a very, you know, small-minded life. No question about it, and that could be a very uh, a degrading and difficult experience when one approaches it that way. And I guess that that's why when we emphasize the chesed that's being done in our community, when we emphasize the incredible amount of Torah study that's happening in our community, uh, what, what you're saying is, is 
you know, it's there's a good reason to be very positive about that. We have the choice to behave in the manner with which we, you know, would like to or that we'd like to. And look what we've chosen. We've chosen both individually and communally to concentrate on some very important uh, aspects. You know, you've touched on something very important that's meaningful to me, that a lot of people are speaking about the terrible generation, the terrible times we live in. Um, I think we need to highlight the incredible greatness of Kuala Yisrael, that despite the generation, despite the times, despite the challenges of technology, the amount of learning Tyra, the amount of chesed, the amount of growth that's taking place in this generation is just breathtaking. It's just uh, there's so much good and so much greatness and quality, so we have to appreciate. And and, and it's those midos that you uh, that, that go into that uh, that we, we all should be proud of uh, on both an individual and communal level, right? Moshe Don Kestenbaum is with us. Olam Hamidos is an Art Scrolls series selection, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. Uh, why is it so difficult for one to take responsibility for his or her actions, especially this time of year? And if you want to be positive, and it sounds like you really do want to be positive, how can we turn what normally is a scary, difficult, and very and what seems to be really challenging challenge of improving ourselves this time of year and, and make it into a very positive experience? So let me answer with uh, a parable. Um, imagine if Chaim Kanievsky called me up and said, Moshe Don Kestenbaum, I was looking through your Olam Amidos, even in the English version, and I have, I have some problems I want to point out with you, to you. You know, in the section on jealousy, I, I don't like something you wrote. I don't think you learned the Chazal right. In the section on, on Gura, on courage, I don't think you, you said this right. As he's talking and criticizing what, I'm, what I've written, I'm like thinking to myself, more, tell me more. Wow, you actually read my you actually read my book, you actually read my say for you and you even value my opinion that you want to correct, you know, what you think is wrong. I think that when we focus on our sins at this time of year, instead of thinking just, oh, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, we have to realize that Hakadosh Baruch Hu actually cares that it makes a difference that I did something wrong. If I wasn't so important, I wouldn't have to come and confess in front of Hashem, the fact that we have to look and, and confess in front of Hashem really testifies how special every person is, every Jew is, that it's important to, to rectify our sins, to confess our sins. It's incredible testimony to our greatness. Um, I, I think that, that one could say, Kaviyachol, that he also appreciates and has nachas from the experience. He enjoys when he sees us trying to improve ourselves, he in, in, in every area, not just in Midos, but in every area of life, and especially this time of year, because we know how special this time of year is and how it's designated. And I think we could say that that one of the one of the joys that that the one above has is is seeing us go through this experience and and having this desire to perfect ourselves as much as possible. hundred percent. 100%. And we also should keep in mind that the, in a marriage, if the husband is continuously apologizing but keeps on doing the same thing wrong, that apology you know, doesn't, is not worth all that much. Right. And the whole goal of, of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is not just to apologize. The goal is, is improving our relationship. Hashem wants 
like you're saying, Hashem wants the closeness that we should have with Him, and apologizing is just a means to get closer and repair the relationship. Olam Hamidos is the name of the book, right? Moshe Don Kestenbaum is with us. Why is self-worth so important, especially if you look in Jewish history, um, the you know older generations did not always preach self-worth to the next generation. I'm trying to be as delicate as possible when I say that. Why today do we recognize and why do you write about how important recognizing our self-worth, our self-esteem is? That's an excellent question. I would I would like to suggest that probably there was a natural feeling of self-worth that earlier times had. We see in America the way the non-Jewish people would dress. My Rebbe, Rev Per, he, he said over that in the 40s, he was going on a, on a city bus, and the lady in front of him was wearing pants, and the bus driver didn't let the lady on because she was coming on with pants. And Rev Per's mother said, uh, a nerve of the woman to think she'll go on the bus with pants. That, that was America in the 40s, that women weren't, weren't supposed to wear pants on the city bus. So there was a natural, I think, self-respect that people had, a dignity people had. And with the advent of technology and, and everything, you know, the immorality, there, there's been a big, you know, hit at our self-worth. And maybe they didn't have to preach it because it was just part of their nature. It was part of the culture. But now... Because our self-worth has taken a big hit, we need to focus on it. We need to build ourselves. We need to build our children. We need to build our, our students. It's one of the most important topics to me that there is. You know, the other day I'm watching a city council hearing. Why? Because I'm one of those crazy people that actually is interested in watching you know, the, the, the machinations of, of, of government. And the person who's testifying is dressed you know, in, in sweatpants and a T-shirt. And I'm saying to myself, the nerve to walk into a house of government, right, New York City Hall, to walk into a house looking like this, you know, don't you want to at least project an image that you take this seriously, that you take this, you know, to a different level? But you're saying it's not just that. It's not just having the respect for the place that you're in. It's also having the respect for yourself, your own self-worth. And if you're going to, you know, to undertake something that's important to you, you have to look the part. Yeah. Absolutely. And we find in Chazal, the big dekuna, the clothing the Kohanim would wear, yeah. there, is a, there is an importance of dressing well, dressing nicely for our own dignity. You know, in that section, by the way, on self-esteem, you write about the President of the United States. Uh, you write that, you know, the President of the United States is basically known as the most important person in the world. Why? Because any action that he takes, you know, could in fact have a tremendous effect on literally the entire globe. And you, and you write that, that sometimes we need to have the same type of attitude, that what we're about to do or we've undertaken could really swing things in a, in a drastic direction. Would that be the right way of putting it? A hundred percent. We're speaking about Roshani Yom Kippur, we have to realize that our, our sins make a difference. But it's not only that our sins make a difference. If, if our sins make a difference, that means our mitzvahs make a tremendous difference in the world. Every mitzvah creates a, a positive malach, a positive angel. Every, every good thing that we do accomplishes so much. I believe probably one of the main reasons why we don't accomplish with our lives the way we could is we just don't understand what we're capable of. 
We don't understand the value of every action that we're doing, and therefore we shortchange ourselves. Are you in the world of Chinuch up in Waterbury? So uh, I'm not in Waterbury anymore. I was in Waterbury for 19 years. Wow. Um, I, am, I am now uh, Mashkiach in a new base medish program by Heichal Torah and Tinek. The reason I the reason the reason I ask is because you have a brilliant section in the book, Olam Hamidos, about um, the power of praise, and I think very often both teachers slash rabbeim and parents do not understand the importance of praising their students and children as much as possible. And when you think about it, one of the things we are constantly doing, to, literally to God Kaviyachal, is praising Him. And also accepting and hoping that he would, you know, praise us and be, have a positive attitude toward us in return. Could you speak for a moment about how vital it is for parents and educators to understand this message? Such a wonderful point you're making about praising Hashem. It's it's so important to compliment. How good do we feel? Just think about how good we feel yep. when someone gives us a compliment. Yep. I speak to educators. I tell them. What do you remember from your, you know, third-grade rebellion, your third-grade teachers? Which teacher do you remember? The teacher that taught you the, in the best way possible, gave you the best education, or the teacher that made you feel good, the teacher that gave you a little bit of warmth? We don't—it's the most important thing in Chinuch, to me, is giving a child the good feelings, the warmth. And as a Rebbe, you know, especially when I was teaching um, youngsters— Instead of calling parents with a negative report, I would I would rush to call parents with a positive report. Mm. <laughs> positive, positive, positive feedback builds people. Even adults, we could be 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years old. We're still craving to hear a kind word from somebody. And when someone tells you you're doing such a good job, what happens? We want to do more. And when we tell our children, we praise them for the good things that they're doing, sincere compliments, not just fake compliments, we really point out their milos, what they're doing right. When a, when teachers praise their, their students, the children are just encouraged to just keep on doing better and more and more. And you write about the uh, the combination of love and discipline, which good parents out there, or aware, I should say parents who are aware, understand. You write about the uh, the concept of just pouring you know love onto your children, which again, Parents who have their eyes open, I think, know exactly what you mean. And when you write about honoring your child, I don't think you're saying it in the negative way that some people have presented recently that, you know, children control the family and unfortunately in many cases, you know, really, you know, control the parents. Uh, that's not the way it should be. I think you're saying it in a way that you can be a disciplinarian, you could be a leader of a family, you could be a parent of a child, and nonetheless still have the respect for a child that they need in order to become really productive, positive people? A hundred percent. When we're when we're disciplining other people or even a boss running a company, there's a way to talk to people. You could talk to people in a calm way, in a respectful way, or you could talk to people in a demeaning fashion. And people forget that when it comes to their own children, there's no less of an obligation of being sensitive to their feelings and how and how to talk to them. If you notice, there's a post, there's a passage that says that Yaakov Avinu says to his brothers, "Let us gather the stones." He uses expression "brothers," right. and perhaps there's a me- message that when you're when you're asking your children to help, when you're asking your kids to do things, you could do it in a way that you're talking down to them, or you could do it in a way that includes them and builds them up. 
And by the way, that formula, you would argue, because you write about it in Chapter 7 of your book, uh, includes the teacher-student relationship and certainly includes the uh, spousal relationship that one has with their own spouse. It is, it is that same honor and respect and love that goes a tremendous way and, um, uh, and goes a very long way and, and really is the most important part of those relationships. Yeah, I'm happy you brought a marriage because to me that's one of the most important pieces of the of the safer of the book that runs through is that people want to change the world and people want to accomplish many things, but it starts by how you treat your spouse, how you treat your family, and the real place to work on your mesos and work on your character is by how you treat your family. And that's what's most dear at HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the privacy of your own home, how are you talking to your spouse? How are you talking to your children? That's where we need to put on our most effort and our most work, and that's really what builds the character of a person. And if a person builds in his own home, Hashem will help him be able to build and accomplish outside of his home. Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum is with us. Olam Hamidos, brand new from Art Scroll, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. I think it's an amazing uh, Musser Safer. You know, you know, you know which two things you spend a lot of time on, <laughs> and and I think that I think you'd agree that as we try to repair ourselves this time of year, and obviously it's for all year round, but you get my point. Uh, this time of year, th- there are a lot of little things that n- that need to be done, and a lot of areas, many of which we've already discussed this morning, that need correcting, that need examining. But you spend a lot of time talking about anger and a lot of time talking about happiness. And I thought that's interesting because we know how dangerous anger is and we know how important happiness is. Not that the two are opposites, but it's interesting that those two midos take up so much of what you've written about and really need a lot of our attention this time of year. Definitely true. Anger is a very dangerous uh, trait. We could really, most of the things that we do that hurt other people, it comes out of anger when we lose, lose control of ourselves. And as well, happiness is so important. Happiness is energy for us to accomplish, for us to, to help other people, to encourage other people, to make other people happy is a tremendous mitzvah as well. If we're not happy ourselves, we're not going to be able to make our families and others happy. I don't remember who said it, but there was a um, somebody in the annals of Jewish history, one of the Torah giants pointed out that how we behave or the or the happiness or lack thereof that we exhibit on our faces in public is actually a requirement. Uh, one is required to have a happy continence because our face, so to speak, is in Rishus Harabim, is in the public domain, and we have an obligation to make sure that people you know, see us uh, and that they get the feeling of happiness from us. And I think that that's an, impo- I think it's an important thing to keep in mind. We're not always happy. Many of us, you know, many of us go through situations that can, can make us depressed and sad. And nonetheless, we have an obligation to, to project as much happiness as possible. You always sound happy enough. <laughs> well, I try, you know why? Because I try, I try to live by that dictum of making sure to sound happy when I'm in public. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's a, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. And a lot of that's why I said to you. That you know, you deal with anger, and I think it's obvious to people why anger is so dangerous and why it's such an important trait to work on. Most people don't realize that happiness is also a trait to work on and one that could be you know so beneficial 
uh, both to the human being, but also to their family and to those around them. So it's an important people point. look at ha- people look at happiness as like a it's like a natural response. If things are good, I'll be happy. If things are not so good, I won't be happy. Right. Really, really, it's in our really it's in our control. Like today, I was stuck in traffic, and it, you know, I wanted to be there and trying to accept this is meant to be. This is what's best. You know, this is what Hashem has in mind. It, it makes a tremendous difference in our lives when we try to be positive, try to have a moon on Hashem. It really saves, saves us. Rabbi Kestenbaum, when will we know why, in fact, the one above did not want you to be here live in person this morning? When will that be revealed to us? <laughs> Maybe maybe I do better on the phone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes, and I, and I don't have to tell you this, but it's 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 fun to point out. Sometimes, you know, within an hour from now, something will happen, and you'll say, "Wow, thank God I ended up being where I was," because you know, otherwise, if if I would have visited Nachum this morning, in the end, I would never have been able to, you know, do X, Y, or Z. So you never know. You may have an answer by later today. I'll have to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better let me know. We definitely deserve that. Olam Hamidos is another brand new, brilliant work from our friends at Art Scroll. It's a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our, tar- our character. Right? Moshe Don Kestenbaum is the author. We recommend you go to artscroll.com and to check it out. And Rabbi Kestenbaum, obviously, we're recommending people read this this week all the way until uh, Yom Kippur because uh, it will really help people as we focus on the different things that we've discussed this morning. But I think you would argue, rightfully so, that this is really a book that's perfect for the uh, for any time of the year, right? Yeah, definitely definitely wanted to come out for Elo because people are more interested in working on themselves. But, you know, he wasn't even advertised as like an Elo or Rosh Hashanah safer because really it's a safer that could be learned the whole year. You know, Baruch Hashem, my Hebrew safer is already in its fifth printing. And wow. It's become a very well-learned safer um, that's learned throughout the year. So we're hoping the English safer um, makes it more accessible to a larger audience. Is the English a direct translation, or it's a little bit different? It's pretty much direct, but we added, we added some things. Because the Hebrew safer, for example, we talk about how a husband treats a wife. But like a classic Muslim safer, it's not usually written for women. Right. Although many women actually learn the safer. Right. I know in seminaries they're learning the safer. But in the English safer, we really made it equal for men and women. We speak about a woman should treat her husband more directly. And, and we added a few pieces um, that were not in the original safer. But otherwise, it's the, the, the core concepts are pretty much the same. Well, I love how you're able to incorporate, you know, centuries-old concepts into real modern day thinking, I think that was the smartest thing you did uh, with so many of the examples and so many of the uh, of the um, uh, uh, nuances that you include. It's obvious that it's done for these days, and I think that's really important and a great move. Uh, Rabbi Kestenbaum, like I said to you, if we get to Waterbury or Teaneck, wherever we are next, uh, you're invited to be uh, to be on live and in person. And I take this opportunity to wish you a gemar Simatova, and I know that this book is going to help a lot of people this time of year and all year round. I mean, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everything you're doing. I appreciate that very much, and our best to our friends at Art Scroll and, um, and our best to your entire family. Olam Hamidos, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. I Moshe Don Kestenbaum. We did not have the opportunity, sadly, to have him live in our, in our studio this morning, but hopefully we will have a chance to do that in the future. But it was great speaking with him live via telephone on this, a Thursday at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Nice.
with the Yitzchak Fuchs. Nigun, Nigun Shimshon is the name of that one. 
Thursday morning broadcast, the fourth day of the brand new year of 5780. About a minute ago off the air, I thanked Mr. Jeffrey Mark for being part of the Nahum Siegel Network family. He's president and CEO of J. Mark Interiors. This time of year, we, we always say this before uh, people travel to Israel, but especially now because uh, you know how heavy the travel to Israel is, thank God, before Yom Kippur and before Sukkot. So I'm going to remind everybody out there, first and foremost, go visit Jeffrey Mark at 22 King David Street in Jerusalem. First of all, you'll see a beautiful showroom. But 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 secondly, and here's the point I want to make, because I said to him off the air, because we were talking about the spiritual aspect of um, of helping people set up their homes, of helping people you know, decorate and, and um, enhance their homes no matter where they are on the globe. But I will tell you something. Um, anybody in this audience, and thank God there are many, who are considering purchasing property or moving to Israel, anywhere in Israel, not just Jerusalem, uh, you go to Jeffrey Mark and his staff, and they will help facilitate that. Now I think they really can help facilitate it because I think they're with a real estate firm as well in their office, which, which we'll talk about in a minute. But they will facilitate it, and they will facilitate it at the most beautiful and incredible, exquisite level. And um, to us, anybody, and, and this is one of the reasons we're so happy to be partners with him, uh, to us, anybody who helps people actually move to the Holy Land and and still remain in the diaspora and know that everything's being taken care of, as far as we're concerned, that's the, the A1 service, the number one service that one can get as they uh, as they transition from uh, the dias- the world of the diaspora uh, to uh, to eventually moving to the state of Israel. Jeffrey Mark is the president and CEO of J Mark Interiors. Um, Jeffrey Mark, good morning and Shana Tova to you. Good morning, Nachum. Shana Tova to you. See, I I appreciate and I, I think most people understand it. I don't have to go into detail. Uh, I appreciate that you and I discussed off the air the quote-unquote spiritual aspect of enhancing and building someone's home, no matter where it is, but obviously Israel is a big bonus. But I'm adding to that. If someone goes into your showroom at 22 King David Street uh, before Yom Kippur or between Yom Kippur and Sukkot or Chol Hamoed, they literally can start the process of moving from the diaspora to the state of Israel. And Mr. Jeffrey Mark, and am I right that now that's more so than ever because now literally there are people in your office that can help people from, from the very first move, from the very first step? Yes, Nachum, 100% correct. We have um, a great team of people. We're a team of five people in the showroom, design staff, um, back office staff, helping people and facilitating their movement, you know, and not just, you know, we, we're known for our interior design, of course, and right. our architecture and project management, and we manage that project from 6,000 miles away, um, which is really like, you know, for our, our clientele, and I say our clientele because it's mostly uh, Anglos, Americans, you know, moving from, from, the, from the U.S. or buying, you know, vacation properties in Jerusalem or in Tel Aviv or whatnot. And we're also located in Cedarhurst, Nachum, right? So we're in Long Island. So what's nice is that, you know, they can come to our Long Island showroom and not have to, you know, and still be in touch, not have to feel like they have to hop on a plane <laughs> every time they have to see a tile sample or, you know, whatever is being done in their project. And we have amazing, awesome technology. We 
we use all kinds of video conferencing today, and we've got our robots running around the showrooms, and really, like, we're, like, we, we make the connection of 6,000 miles, like, so easy for them, you know, so they can, they can feel comfortable to make that move. <laughs> well, Nahum Siegel's enthusiasm for Israel has, again, made him overlook that you could walk into 461 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, probably about a three- to five-minute ride for a good part of this audience and do what Jeffrey just described. So, yes, you don't have to travel the 6,000 miles, but if you happen to be in Jerusalem over the next couple of weeks, that's convenient. And if you're anywhere in the New York, New Jersey area at any time, just go to Cedarhurst at 461 Central Avenue. And as Jeffrey said, uh, you could do the whole thing and certainly most of the follow-up. Uh, from that location. By the way, am I right that that essentially now there's really nowhere in Israel you don't serve? Is that fair to say? Absolutely. We, we, we'll go anywhere, you know, and uh, for that matter, anywhere in the world, to be honest with you. Like people wow. always say, oh, do you guys do work in Florida? Or do you do work in Toronto? And do you do work like up in, uh, in Ashdod or in Tel Aviv? I'm like, you know, I travel every week back and forth 6,000 miles. Right. Like, <laughs> going to Florida is like, oh, you know, somebody else, you know, going out for dinner. It's a walk in the park, Nahum. You know, and, <laughs> we, and I'll tell you, our, our whole team, we, we love what we do. So, like, they, they're, they're, we're thrilled. Everybody's thrilled to, like, you know, be a part of it. Is there anything that comes to mind, and I, I would assume you're consumed with this question all the time, is there anything that comes to mind uh, very different from when you spoke to us last time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Is there a specific type of item or lighting or fixture or style that now in Jerusalem has taken off, which we, frankly, probably would not have seen 12 months ago? So, funny you should say that. And what we've been focusing on at J-Mark in Jerusalem um, is we want, like I said, our clientele is mostly, I mean, we became, when we opened three years ago, we became global. Right. You know, we've got clients from Paris now in Belgium and all over Europe and England and uh, all over the world where we would never, mostly don't have that here in our New York showroom. You know, here we service New York, New Jersey, and, and we're, we're good, you know, we're good with that. But there now we're getting a diversified group of people, but we still have our focus on our, our clientele who's primarily our New York, New Jersey, people from Teaneck and Englewood and the Five Towns and, right. you know, all of our locals. And what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to bring into our Jerusalem showroom more name brand, and I call it like comfort zone design of what they're familiar with. And, for example, I'm sure, Nahum, maybe you even have at your house, is a brand called Jonathan Adler. Jonathan Adler is now worldwide. It's a great brand. It's furniture. It's accessories. But now we are the sole um, distributors for Jonathan Adler in our Jerusalem showroom. So it's really nice if somebody wants to come in and buy a gift, even like we have got gift, we have gift items now from Jonathan Adler. And again, we, we did it mostly because hey, we, we like we like the product. But besides that, it's just comfortable. Most people are coming from Long Island. Our clients are from, like I said, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, wherever, Toronto, where. They know Jonathan Adler. So when they come into our showroom and they're seeing things, they're like, oh, my God, I know where that is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I always say one of our biggest compliments when somebody comes to visit our showroom at 22 King David Street is, oh, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm back in America. And you know what? It's okay that they say that because they're comfortable. Everybody speaks English. Everybody is helpful. We come with our customer service that we, we know from the U.S., you know. And it's a comfort zone. They just feel good. They feel like they're back, 
you know, back in their comfort zone again. You know, it's first of all, you're making such an important point, and people need to realize that. There and again, nothing. <laughs> this is not in any way. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, uh, directly compare, but there is a difference, as we know, uh, between customer service that Americans are used to and that other people around the world are used to. You're getting that American customer service when you walk into the showroom in Jerusalem. But there's another very important point you just made, and that is we're, we're completely seeing the melding of cultures. We are now, because of the ease of travel and because of the ease of, I assume, shipping and the way that you guys are able to coordinate your business at this point, uh, there's so many things that would never have made it into a home in Israel that now, as you described, you know, can be readily available and can enhance you know, someone's decor um, you know, if, if they wish to include it. And as that continues to happen, that must it, it, that has to affect the way you and your staff um, suggest different alternatives to your clientele, because now the the breadth of what's available is so much larger. Correct, correct, and it just makes the whole move and the whole you know setup so much easier. We have so many people buying properties and, or or contemplating, I should say, to buy properties whether they're making Aliyah or whether they're just, like I said, using it for Hagim or, you know, vacation properties. And they're saying, how am I going to do this? Like, oh, my God, like, this is so overwhelming. Who's going to build this? Who's going to watch it? Who's going to know the quality? Who's going to know what our standards are? Who's going to understand that we want two double ovens and a warming draw and we need a 48-inch, you know, whatever it is. Didn't you once tell me that a customer basically said to you, you know my place in the U.S., make this one look exactly the same? Yep. Yep, you have that. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) They don't want the Israeli touch. They want what they have in the U.S. (laughs) It's pretty funny when you think about it. But on on Israel's turf. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me, that's the most important part, and that's one of the reasons that I love trumpeting your work because it it does help people to such a large degree, like I always say, bridge that gap between the diaspora and Israel. Jeffrey Mark is with us, president and CEO of J-Mark Interiors, and we must make the point again that you know, people wonder who's going to take care of my property, who's going to fill the cupboards, who's going to prepare the property in the week or two before my large family gets there for the upcoming holiday or for the big family simcha. Every question I just asked, the answer is Jeffrey Mark. Your staff does all of that. It's not just getting into the apartment making sure everything's built to specifications, making sure that the decor is what they want. It goes beyond that. It sort of sounds like when someone is your client, they're your client for life. That's right. A hundred percent. Awesome. We we're constantly in touch with our clients and even projects like you just said, like we finished four or five years ago, you know, right. they know they can call us. They, we, we have all their keys, actually. We've got a box. Well, I shouldn't say this on radio or publicly, <laughs> but we've got a box. Well, no, I'm not saying where we hide it, but we've got a box <laughs> of keys that's worth you can't even imagine. And these are projects that we finished four or five years ago. We have their alarm codes. Their kids or their grandkids stopped in the showroom. Oh, my God, my <laughs> my grandmother said I could come here to get the key to the apartment. Like, You know, it's just so comfortable. It's so nice. Um, you know, Nahum, I, I was telling a friend of mine, I said, my blessing, my blessing to anybody really is, is that they should be able to come into our showroom and hire us to work on their project in Israel. It's, it's, it's I, we always say to our clients, our new clients who are coming, like, it's such a blessing. Like, you're blessed that you yeah. could buy something in Jerusalem and, you know, be able to hire, hire us and, and have us work on it with you together, like, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing blessing, you know, to have. 
and 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 I just I wish it on everybody in the world. Yeah, and you have no idea how much uh, I wish it on people as well. It is uh, for those who can do it. Put this at the top of your priority list. But try during the year five seven eight zero to start exploring the possibility of owning something in Israel, Jerusalem, or otherwise. And obviously, if Jeffrey and his company, you know, is a good match for you, then you know, then go for it. Go for it and uh, let them uh, help you build it and 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 decorate it and manage it. And um, and you'll be. I could tell you one thing: you'll be thrilled with the service. That's for sure. Um, uh, Jeffrey Mark, president and CEO of J Mark Interiors. When you're in Israel. You can visit him and his staff either before Yom Kippur or between Yom Kippur and Sukkot or Chol HaMoed at 22 King David Street. I don't think anybody who's visiting Israel as a tourist has any problem finding that address. When you're in the U.S., now or any time, you can walk in and speak with his staff at 461 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. If you want to see some of the stuff that he described in terms of what he's done with apartments and properties in Israel. It's all on the website. J, that's initial J, J Mark with a K, jmarkinteriors.com, jmarkinteriors.com. And uh, you, one bracha for you for the new year is that um, is that your uh, ability to travel and to uh, <laughs> and to do all this commuting, you know, stays at the um, – uh, let's put it this way. I hope you're able to maintain the same energy level in the new year and continue your uh, amazing schedule when it comes to crossing the ocean and servicing clients on both sides of the Atlantic. Thank you, Nachum. You know, it's been 15 years already that I'm doing it. Wow. Uh, people always say to me, what's your schedule? What's your schedule? I said, I, I leave on Wednesday. You know, if there's no holidays or it's just a regular or whatever, I, I leave on Wednesdays. That means, like, I leave New York Wednesday, I get to Israel Thursday, and then I leave Israel Wednesday, and I get back to New York on Thursday. And you know what? It, it works. It's You know what? I always tell people, however you have to make Aliyah, whatever you've got to do, just do it. Everything could work. So you know, it all works. So it's not unusual for you for, to have 20 to 25 trips per year. Oh, what am I talking about? 20, 25 to 30 trips a year. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah 25 to 30. Depen yeah, yeah. Depending on the on the yunt of yeah. schedule, et cetera. By the way, that's another important message, and I, I like the fact that you just said it. I'm going to reiterate it. Uh, a lot of people think, and this is not for everybody. You'd probably be the first person to say it's not for everybody. But for those whose family life can tolerate it and for those who are able to maintain the energy necessary, uh, what you're doing is a really good option for a lot of people, and people should keep that in mind that as they consider uh, moving to the state of Israel, there are options of keeping employment here in the U.S. doesn't necessarily have to be uh, you know, um, uh, doing work remotely from Israel. It, there are people who are still doing the old commute like Jeffrey does, and it works. Again, not for everybody, but something certainly worth consideration. And. And, you know, Nahum, like, sometimes I tell people, like, you know, you never know where, where it's going to bring you. Like, I, when I started doing this 15 years ago, I was 45, 47 trips a year. Wow. You know, literally every single week I was leaving Israel Sunday night, working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leaving here Wednesday night, getting back to Israel Thursday afternoon. And then I was blessed that, you know, Jay Mark did a project. We made the front cover of the New York Times home edition or, you know, whatever and the home section and next thing i knew we started getting phone calls and people were buying apartments in israel and then we were so busy three to five years ago we, we started planning and saying okay time to open a brick and mortar and then i started looking for property and now there's a whole j mark working in israel so i am what you call really the extreme commuter because most of my commuter friends they get back to israel they're on vacation <laughs> i hit the ground and i'm like okay 
Taxi, 22 King David Street, please. Okay, great. JFK, 461 Central. Let's go. Walk, walk, we go. I hit the ground running. So when you, you know, but so, I love it. So when you land in Ben Gurion, you literally are going to Jerusalem yeah. from the airport. Yeah. And then you, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. and then you put in a full Thursday and then Friday work as necessary. Yeah, I get to the office like at one o'clock on Thursday. We're open till six, so I'll work from like a half a day, one to six. You know, and then uh, we're closed on Friday, which is great in Jerusalem. So we're off on Fridays and Shabbat, and then we have a full day Sunday, and then the, then it starts again on Wednesday night when I leave on Thursday. And yeah, <laughs> you could write you could, great. You, you could write a book about your career. You really could be an interesting uh, be an interesting story, frankly. Uh, I actually, I actually once nothing had somebody ask me about some kind of like uh, reality show thing. I'm right, about, like you like another great idea. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, you know, we, we love having amazing sponsors that we partner with, but those that help people move to Israel, establish their place in Israel, continue to to uh, you know to um, uh, travel to Israel, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, it makes it extra special. I take this opportunity to wish you and your staff, who were amazing to us when we were there. And, of course, your family, a uh, Shana Tova, and I thank you so much for joining us and continued success at J-Mark. And I'm sure you'll meet a lot of wonderful people from the U.S. and other parts of the diaspora during the holiday season in Israel. Thank you. Thank you, Nath. I'm really, really, it's always my pleasure to be on, and uh, I really enjoy it. It's so nice. <sighs> much appreciated. There he is, Jeffrey Mark, president and CEO of J-Mark Interiors. Visit him. 22 King David Street, 461 Central Avenue. Not the Central Avenue in Jerusalem. The Central Avenue in the Five Towns. I don't even know if there is a Central Avenue in Jerusalem. <laughs> but it's the Central Avenue in the Five Towns. Uh, visit him and uh, and you'll see what I mean. If you're able to do it, if this is if, if it's the type of, uh, of firm that fits with your plans, you will be thrilled. Absolutely thrilled thrilled more coming up you're listening to a thursday morning edition of jm in the am Oh, you there, oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. Nishmas done by Shlaimi Gertner here on a uh, J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning. It is the fourth day of the brand new year, 5780. And I thank you all for joining us. A reminder, of course, that um, uh, we are here all through the holiday season. Yeah, except for Yuntif itself. We are literally here all through the um, holiday season, which means uh, tomorrow, Erev Shabbat 
Uh, amazing programming. Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update at 7.40 Eastern time tomorrow morning. It means that um, uh, leading up to Yom Kippur, Monday and Tuesday era of Yom Kippur, after Yom Kippur on Thursday and Friday, days until we get to the holiday of Sukkot, and of course on Cholomoy Sukkot as well. So we'll get you through the whole holiday season. Just make sure to be tuned in all day long for all the appropriate selections and all the great live programming as well. You'll be glad you did. Reminder, I'm Mark Zomik with the Erev Shabbos show. It's going to be tonight starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That will be repeated at 3 a.m. Eastern time and 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. All sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem. So make sure to be tuned in. A special Erev Shabbos Shuva show uh, this time by Mark Zomik. And that'll again air for the first time tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Alan Fagan is with us live via telephone, Executive Vice President, Chief Professional Officer at the OU, the Orthodox Union. We have an opportunity to uh, speak with Alan about some of the amazing things at the OU and wish him a happy, healthy, and a sweet new year. There has been no greater advocate for what we do here and for the thousands of lives that we affect around the world on a daily basis uh, than Alan Fagan and the leadership of the OU. Alan Fagan, a pleasure to welcome you back. Shana Tova from all of us here at JM in the AM. Thank you, uh, Nachum. Uh, Shana Tova to you and all of your listeners. I got to start with uh, a couple of what I think are major developments, frankly. Uh, in an era where so many people are hoping uh, that we can continue to increase Torah study, uh, that we can increase the uh, the availability of really powerful and inspirational speakers, uh, the OU goes ahead and a couple of years ago um, establishes this program, uh, Torah at City Field, Torah New York, and nobody knows, and, I, and Alan, I hope, I hope I'm being accurate about this, <laughs> nobody really knows how it's going to play out there in the community. It's a Sunday, it's a very busy time of year, it's an unusual venue to say the least, and now you look back at what happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, not the first time you've done it, and it was an absolute grand slam home run, um, a, a perfect expression for the location where you had it in City Field. Uh, so number one, congratulations, and number two, I mean, would it be fair to say that when the OU takes risks like this, you really have no idea how it's going to end up? You know, when we, when we thought about uh, running Torah in New York, uh, this year and thought about the right date and time of year, we really took a, 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 a deep breath about uh, trying to run the program in the middle of, uh, of Slichas. Yeah. And uh, it was a risk. And uh, I think it worked out. Uh, it worked out well. Uh, we had an incredible, uh, incredible crowd uh, of participants, 30 different uh, shiurim, Probably the the all star team of Magide Shear and yep. uh, uh, scholars who presented throughout the course of the day, and uh, we, we we took a risk, but I think uh, I think it was a good one, and it was the right time of year. It was the right way to set the mood going into uh, Rosh Hashanah, and I think the right way to encourage people to commit as they went into the new year to find ways to set aside time during the course of the year for Torah study. And, and the, the whole range of alternatives that we presented, I think, made clear to everyone that there was, there's, there's something there for every taste 
for every level of skill and experience, for every interest in Torah study. Someone and said, to, that, "I'm sorry." <laughs> that was really the purpose of the day, and I and I think in that sense it was. Uh, uh, enormously successful. Someone said to me on Sunday, Erev Rosh Hashanah, it was good to see an organization as influential as the OU go back to basics and understand that the need for Torah study is vital in our community. And I think that says a lot, especially these days when there's lots of bells and whistles and you know that organizations try to do things that are, you know, innovative, different, very 2019, use whatever expression you want. And you guys went ahead and said, you know what, we're just going to enhance the Torah study experience and attract people, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, we certainly, we certainly tried to do that, and, and, and I think one, one thing that we were able to accomplish uh, this year that was perhaps a bit different than prior years uh, was much greater uh, outreach to a whole variety of, of uh, subsets right. of our community. We had some wonderful shiurim that were designed primarily for women. We had a huge group of teens from NCSY, uh, both yeshiva teens and public school teens, uh, who came, and, and we had a wonderful, wonderful seum at the end of the day for hundreds of participants in our Smichas Chaver program, which I hope we'll have an opportunity uh, uh, perhaps to talk about a bit, but, but the seum was, was just uh, extraordinary. You know what's funny, uh, and and this is you know again a testament to the program in, in general. Um, the smichas chaver, which which certainly we could talk about, the smichas chaver program in itself would would have been a landmark, would have been viewed as, and certainly advertised as a landmark event in our community, and that's and that's really what it proved to be. But it was you know part of something that was so much bigger that even some of its you know specialness may have gotten lost in the grandeur of the entire Torah New York event. So there are so many you talk about subsets and you know different groups you know benefiting from the uh, from the experience of that Sunday. That subset was so significant but people don't some don't even realize that it was part of the whole uh, of the whole program. Could you explain could you explain the Smichas Chaver and tell this audience why it's so vital to the community moving forward? Uh, sure. Uh, this is a, uh, a relatively new venture for us. It began uh, about two years ago, uh, founded by uh, a, a young Talmud Chacham uh, named Rav Eliada Goldberg, who was just an extraordinary, extraordinary uh, Marbitz Torah. It began in Israel. Uh, we learned of it in Israel. We have now imported it uh, to the United States. And, and, and across the globe. Uh, it, it is uh, probably the fastest growing practical halacha learning program uh, in the world. Wow. Uh, it now has uh, about 1,000 participants uh, across the world. When the new um, Zman begins after Sukkot, we will just about double the number of participants and locations uh, throughout uh, uh, the United States and Israel, we now have Smechas uh, Chaver programming in, in London, in Sydney, Australia, in Chile, all across Israel. Uh, it, it's just uh, growing enormously. And, and, and the wonderful thing about this program uh, is it, it, it's, it's a, a once-a-week shear, about an hour and a half, but the materials that are used, the content, uh, is the same across all of the Chaburas, 
that learn together across the world. It uses a multimedia approach to the development of the content. But what I find uh, to be very, very special about this program is really two parts of it. Uh, one is that the participants in Smichas Chavar each week are given material to take home with them mm. so that it becomes uh, an opportunity at the Shabbos table to engage children and families in the learning uh, that's going on during the course of the week so that families see uh, the investment that's being made uh, by the participants. And so it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful role model uh, uh, opportunity and influence on the totality of the family. Uh, and then it's the seriousness with which the learning is, uh, is being taken. Uh, in order to complete the program, you need to take a test on the material that's been covered. Uh, and if you successfully uh, complete that material, you receive a certificate, the Smichas Chaver uh, certification, that you have completed that semester of study. It's a certificate that's signed uh, by Rav Herschel Shafter Shlita, uh, uh, by Rav Amar, uh, the Sephardi Chief Rabbi uh, of Israel, and by uh, Rav Zalman Nehemia Goldberg. Uh, and then you attend the Siyam together <laughs> with your family. Uh, so it becomes a family experience. It becomes a, a real sense of satisfaction and completion and mastery uh, of, uh, of the learning that uh, is being done during the course of the week. And, and I can tell you from personal experience, since my younger son uh, participates in one of the Chaburas, uh, that the, the interactions that take place during the week, the WhatsApp groups that get created by each Chabura, you have questions flying back and forth all week, people raising questions about what they're learning uh, uh, with the Magid Shear, with one another. It, it's just become a, a, uh, uh, a, a remarkable uh, experience of, of communal learning uh, that we hope will continue and to grow and to expand uh, in ever more locations uh, and with more and more participants. Talk about uh, taking advantage of technology, huh? I mean, that, that's what it's all about. It's all about this incredible innovation that you and your staff have, thinking, you know, now that we have this technology available, how can we create a community that's much more close-knit than any type of, you know, Torah study group ever has been? And whether it's WhatsApp groups and all the other things that are necessary in order to, you know, get everybody onto the same page, so to speak, it's really remarkable how it's done. Um, it's an incredibly uh, a powerful tool to encourage uh, Torah learning. You know, frankly, um, uh, we, we have now harnessed uh, the power of technology uh, for uh, our new Dafyomi program. It's going to be a, a revolutionary uh, new approach to learning the Daf, which we will roll out at the beginning of the new cycle uh, in January. We're already beginning to uh, release uh, various podcasts, uh, but this also is going to be a major new initiative uh, for us, in, in addition to the regular uh, Dafyomi Shiurim that have been given uh, for the past uh, uh, for the past cycle by uh, Rabbi Moshe Elephant and uh, Rabbi Shalom Rosner, which it itself attracts uh, thousands of individuals, uh, we're going to be harnessing brand new technology created specifically for this new program, which we're calling All Daf. So it's going to be uh, available. 
uh, on uh, a mobile app uh, accessible by smartphone, accessible by, uh, uh, by laptop, uh, accessible by podcast. Uh, and the bells and whistles that are on this new uh, uh, program are, are extraordinary. And in addition to the basic uh, DAF material, uh, we have uh, an outstanding set of podcasts that will accompany the material given by Professor Abramson of Turo on history related to the DAF. We will have podcasts on Nach related to the DAF, on Halacha, on Lumdus. Uh, the material itself will be interactive. Uh, there'll be uh, uh, an opportunity for interactive questioning, uh, graphs, charts, biographical material, maps. It, it's, it, it's going to be, a, uh, uh, a, I think, a, a revolutionary approach to the ability to learn the DAF whenever and wherever one is, uh, and uh, uh, the ability to access it with the most modern technology. Unbelievable. Alan Fagan with us, Executive Vice President, Chief Professional Officer at the OU. You know, the list of things you and I could discuss could literally take all day because there's so many departments that should be lauded for their amazing work. I'm just going to go with a couple of things. Obviously, the Tower of New York was something that happened recently. So it came to mind as we uh, started to explore this uh, conversation, this New Year's conversation. I have to mention one other thing, Alan. I, I was it, it was a crazy night for us, but we were able to make it over there for about an hour to the Teach NYS gathering in New York City. And I'll tell you what you've done, meaning you and your staff, obviously. You've taken a a a topic, and I know that some people listening will find this hard to believe that people were completely unmotivated. But you took an area of Jewish life where people were completely unmotivated. And I'm telling you, I observed this with my own eyes. I don't think it's an exaggeration. When it came to making the effort to get government to buy in to the importance of financing aspects of Jewish, of Jewish day schools, Jewish schools in general, uh, very, very little enthusiasm in our community. Most people thought it was a fruitless venture. Uh, many people were not were simply not motivated by it. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know a a cool enough cause uh, to have dinners and make efforts and you know and and go to rallies and protests and take hours of our day to do different things. And what I saw that night at the Teach NYS dinner was that your your staff over all these years was able to motivate people in multiple states. The average person, the average Jewish parent, in multiple states to be motivated, to take an active role, in many cases to financially support the effort, and to get us to this point where any state where you've established an office has accomplished anywhere from mild success to great success in this area. And I think that that needs to be pointed out. Thank you. Thank you. We were, we were uh, delighted with the dinner. I, I, I think it's the first time that I can remember that we actually had to close registration for the dinner three days uh, uh, before the dinner itself. We just didn't, didn't have room. It, it, this really speaks uh, to an issue that we have for the last number of years, uh, uh, I, I think, characterized as the, the single most significant economic issue facing our community, perhaps one of the most significant issues facing our community, and, and that is the, the, the crushing burden on parents of uh, ever-escalating uh, yeshiva tuition. 
Uh, and we, we have uh, tried very, very hard over the last several years to begin to make a dent in that problem by persuading state government in the states in which we operate, which cover roughly 85 to 90 percent of day school students in the United States, right. to persuade state government that they have an obligation to see to it that every child in every state is given an appropriate education. Uh, and I, I think some of the major inroads that we've made in New York State in particular, where we've now persuaded the state that the cost of STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, the basic skills that are necessary to be uh, uh, an educated uh, member of the workforce is as important for the state to guarantee not only for its public school population, but for its private school population. Right. In, in New York, that's now 15% of the student population are in private schools. Uh, the STEM funding is, is started uh, at $5 million. Uh, we got it to 15 million in the second year. It's now 30 million. And our goal uh, this year uh, is to fully fund STEM education in every school in New York State. Uh, and with the support that we've had now from communities all across the state, uh, we think that uh, we're going to get there. And, uh, and by, understands it. And, and just the, to, and to emphasize my point, years ago they would have told you you're crazy. Now, now you've proven it can be done. We've we've proven that it can be done, and and I think that we've in the process forged some wonderful, wonderful alliances. Yeah. Uh, with with the private school community, with the Catholic community, with the Muslim community, and in particular, I think took an issue that had been a highly politicized issue in Albany. Uh, where for most legislators uh, in Albany, the notion of support for parochial education was anathema. They now understand uh, how important this is. At our dinner, uh, uh, we honored uh, Representative uh, Shelley Mayer, who is the chair of the New York State Senate Education Committee, uh, who had been uh, for, for many years uh, an opponent of this and is now a forceful advocate. So we're beginning, I think, to, to turn around the hearts and minds of legislators in Albany. We've tried to take a completely bipartisan approach uh, to this, to make our case as, as civilly and as uh, uh, properly as, as we pop possibly can. Uh, and I think it's made a real difference. The same is true for security funding. Yep. New York State is now providing $60 million a year of security funding to non-public schools, most of that uh, going to yeshivas and day schools. Uh, to put it in some context, that's the same amount of money that the entire federal government is spending on security for not-for-profit institutions. So, and, and, and we're mirroring this success now all across the country, in, in, in California, in Illinois, in Pennsylvania, Florida, Maryland. Uh, it's making a tremendous difference in the safety of our kids uh, and in the budgets of our schools.
Well, now that I've dominated the agenda of this conversation, is there anything you'd like to mention at the start of the year five seven eight zero? We've got we've got a little bit uh, going on. Actually, the 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 uh, the next major program uh, that we have will take place this Sunday uh, in Yerushalayim. For those of your listeners uh, who are there, we are going to be uh, replicating Torah New York uh, in Yerushalayim program called Torah Yerushalayim. In- including uh, a seum, right? Including the Haver, uh, right? Am I right about that? I believe they have that. Uh, um, yes, I believe so. And and a full day of, uh, of, of Shiurim at the uh, Ramada Hotel uh, in Yerushalayim, this uh, in honor of uh, the 40th anniversary year of OU Israel, doing really wonderful, wonderful work, particularly with, with young people, uh, most of them in uh, development towns all across Israel, youth at risk, uh, and our Zula Center in Yerushalayim. Uh, so that will happen on, on Sunday. Uh, we have a fabulous program coming up on Simchas Torah. Uh, you know, one of, one of the issues that we all confront on, on Simchas Torah is what happens during that kind of uh, uh, time in the morning on Simchas Torah when men are getting alias and women are waiting. Right. Uh, and it, our, our women's initiative uh, started a program last year uh, to partner with a whole group of shuls to provide learning opportunities for women during that time period. Uh, this year we've got uh, uh, close to four dozen uh, shuls who are participating in that effort. Uh, female scholars all across the country uh, will be providing uh, shiurim uh, during that time slot uh, on, uh, on Simchas Torah. And then immediately after Sukkot, our, our new Smichas uh, Chaver session uh, will begin, as I said, with double the number of communities that uh, have participated uh, up until now. Uh, we're we're going to have uh, new programs and communities like Atlanta and uh, and Memphis and Los Angeles and and and, and a dozen others. Wow. Uh, uh, so that will begin uh, right after Sukkot. And then, as you know, uh, in November, we have our uh, Jewish Community Home and Job Relocation Fair. Right. Uh, this year, we've got a record number of communities who will be coming to New York uh, to showcase their communities, to showcase housing and job opportunities uh, in, their, uh, in, uh, uh, in the New York area. Uh, we've got 57 communities uh, oh. across the United States. Uh, that are coming to present, uh, as well as six in Israel, uh, together with Nefesh Benefesh, to talk about Aliyah possibilities. And, and for your listeners who may not be familiar with the program, this is a, a program really designed uh, to showcase smaller communities across the United States where there is ample housing available, solid Jewish communal infrastructure, and significant uh, job opportunities uh, at a at much more affordable um, cost of living options than would exist in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. We, we last uh, uh, did our communities fair uh, two years ago in 2017, and since then we've had 250 families who have relocated to communities that showcased 
showcase themselves uh, during the uh, the fair in 2017. Wow! So this is this is a, a a meaningful program for those who are considering relocation options. You learn all about communities. You learn about their infrastructure, about their day schools, about their mikvahs, about their shuls, about their housing, about their job opportunities, and so on. Very very well done presentations. Uh, by by all of these communities, so that's coming up uh, in in November. I can't believe this fifty seven. That's like that's incredible, and the brilliant idea of including nefesh benefesh. I never even dreamt that it would split up into different communities. That's also brilliant. So it's fifty seven plus six in Israel. You have a lot of options, and people will be given a lot of choices about where they might want to relocate if they're thinking of leaving the New York area. There there are an enormous number of choices, and we're delighted to be able to partner with uh, with with Nefesh Benefesh, a really outstanding uh, uh, organization that does so much for uh, for Israel and for the Jewish people. Well, as I always say, you have an open microphone here to uh, alert us to uh, all the things that are going on and all the different things the OU is working on. The list is endless, and I apologize that the, the clock is not being friendly to us this moment, but I take this opportunity, Alan Fagan, to uh, wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Gamar Simatova. And uh, thank you. Thank you for including us in so many special things. A lot of the things that we do regularly and that really are much higher profile, we didn't even discuss in this conversation. So for those and for everything else that you include us, I want to say thank you very much. Well, thank you, Nachem and Gamach HaSimatova, to you, to your family, and to all of your uh, listeners. You know, we started uh, uh, the program talking about uh, technology, yeah. uh, but, but the fact is that these programs are only as successful has the ability to communicate them to a very, very wide audience. And, and, and you and your network are such a critical part of that communication process for us. So, so we want to thank you and, uh, and, and wish you and all of your listeners uh, a wonderful, wonderful, satisfying, healthy, and happy new year. And a Gamar Hasim Amen. Thank you so much for that. Alan Fagan, of course, Executive Vice President of the OU. And I'm going to add everybody... And some of the veterans of this audience know this, um, and I don't. I, I can't go into why right now because it would take a, a few minutes to think about it and then present it. But the OU from the beginning, I started Era of Rosh Hashanah literally this week is my uh, is my anniversary. I started thirty six years ago this week, and for some reason, and again, I, I could point out probably some of the reasons uh, from the beginning when. And, and trust me, folks, you start you start doing this 36 years ago, nobody's paying attention to you. Nobody. And for some reason, some of the key people at the OU um, did pay attention and wanted to be part of what we were doing, and that has never stopped. And Alan has kept that tradition going in glorious fashion, and I thank him for that. And um, look, that's why the OU is where they are. And that's why they're as inclusive as they are. And that's why, while everyone else continues to shrink, they continue to grow because they have this uh, this vision and uh, understand how important it is to include everything possible in their work. And what we do has been a part of that all these years. So a big thank you to them, to say the least. Thursday morning at JM in the AM, Charlie Harari next with Unlocking Greatness. Michael Fragan in spin class at 9.30. He'll discuss the world of politics. Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. Miriam L. Wallach, That's Life at 10.30. She's actually going to choose her favorite high holiday selections. Yeah, she'll drift into the music uh, portion of her, uh, of her um, uh, repertoire. 
coming up at 10.30. 11 o'clock live lunch from this studio. I hope you'll join us. And don't forget, Mark Zamek has the initial presentation of the Shabbos Shuva Erev Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight here on NSN. Achenu Yisrael and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AchimSegal.com, and the AchimSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up a Thursday for us here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up, as we said, and of course tomorrow, Malcolm Honeline, weekly update, 740 Eastern Time here at JM. Big thank you to Alan Fagan, big thank you to Jeffrey Mark, and a big thank you to our Moshe Dove Kestenbaum. Go to artscroll.com, get the Olam Hamidos book. Artscroll.com, Olam Hamidos book. And don't forget, Artscroll is offering Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Chumash Bracious at 15% off and free shipping if you use the promo code radio. When you go to artscroll.com, always use the promo code radio. You never know what it's going to do for you. Have a fabulous Thursday and a Gemara Chasimatova. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.